What 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 day is this? It's the news, according to me. Good Friday morning. That's what day it is. It is January fifth, seven fifty-six a.m. Just oh, just flipped to seven fifty-seven a.m. The fifth day of January on Friday, first Friday. For those of you who have first Friday stuff at your local communities. Some places do. Uh, our our little town here, south of us, we have First Friday stuff, and it's uh, it's a pretty big deal. It's uh, it's uh, they usually have something pretty interesting on the First Fridays. I think they have uh, ice sculptors sculptures. I hope next month because uh, it ain't happening today. It's going to be thirty five degrees. We haven't we don't have any snow on the ground. I guess they could still do ice sculptures, but they're not going to last very long because they bring the ice in and then they just do the sculpting thing and then they have, where's the downtown businesses sell stuff? There's a lot of restaurants downtown though. Our, our city, uh, this, or our city, our little town down here south, we, we don't live in a town. We, li- we live kind of between the two towns, but both towns now, Goshen and Elkhart um, in Indiana here, we have, they have basically taken the downtown area. Now South Bend tried to do something like this uh, where they, took a section of town and they're trying to make it like a, it's, it's two lane instead of four lane. And they've put in uh, angle parking instead of parallel parking. And they try to slow all the traffic. They've basically bypassed all the main traffic around the town, around the downtown center area. So it's, you can, it's more of a walking area. It's more of an out- outside mall kind of, kind of feel that you can drive through and park and do a kind of, and it's, you know, the shopping districts, there's, I know up in, in St. Joe, Michigan, it's the same thing. They got this little, it's not on the main street, but it's on the side street. They have this little area where it's, it's basically just, it's more walking traffic than driving traffic. It's kind of a parking shopping area. A lot of cities have tried to do that to try to uh, boost their downtown economic situation and it has worked to some degree because people have stopped going to malls shopping malls used to be the thing man when i was a kid it was boy you put in a mall the malls were busy it was a busy place you could go all these different stores under one roof all you know all season long didn't matter if it's raining or whatever you could walk around and shop and do all this stuff different different stores and that fell out of vogue um for various reasons one of the reasons was because of crime. The crime rate, uh, the malls started becoming, they started getting taken over by ridiculous crime stuff that was going on. And of course, they had had more, more and more security. Uh, when I was a kid, they had one security guard at the mall. One. And I think he was part-time. And then later on, of course, it was a, by the time the mall was closing down, it was a security company that was there with multiple cars, multiple officers. And it ended up putting the place still basically is they're still trying to figure out what to do with it. They're talking about having a, a niche manufacturing facility come in, do some kind of, uh, I guess also some kind of housing or something. It's just like, like it's like a light manufacturing housing complex with shopping. I, I don't know. It's, it, they've got some kind of weird idea. I've got an idea of what, what could happen there, but I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy the place. I, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I, there's one more, that's just one more thing. I don't, I don't need, uh, I don't need one more project on my plate at this point. I don't have enough time to do the projects. Now, if somebody, I probably wouldn't mind investing in somebody doing something that was the right thing to do with it. But it's, it's, it's one of those things where you just don't, you know, it's, yeah. So they're tearing down parts of it. And it's, you know, I think the, re, the rebuilding parts of it, doing some stuff on the inside. There was a JCPenney there. It was a, it was a uh, I think there might have even been a Sears in that store. Along with JCPenney, it was at one end and the other one was at the other end. And there was all kinds of stores there. I think Hobby Lobby's still surviving and some other things are there. There's a ABC warehouse or something there. I don't know. Anyway, that's aside from what's in my cup. And we're going to talk about what's in my cup. It's, I've got, uh, I have something new and different in my cup this morning. I've got vanilla cream. Uh, I've got, ch- you know, vanilla ch- chai, of course. Of course I do. 
but I have this uh, coconut creamer. I can't, it's just coconut cream. That's what it's called. Coconut cream creamer. It is not the same brand that I normally have. Um, it's a little different, but it's, it, it is okay. It's good. It's not, uh, it's not Almond Joy. But it's got that coconutty kind of tropical kind of taste from the tropics, you know. No, no, man. And I got a backup cup. I've got, I went, we went to Olive Garden last night. We just, uh, I got home. I got done with my trip last night. I ended up in Chicago all day yesterday. I was actually home uh, the night before. I got, I got home from Buffalo, finally. In Buffalo, I think four days. Left, left there and then... Uh, Actually made it home. It wasn't all that early in the evening. I, I was hoping to get home earlier in the day, and I ended up starting home. And I, I ended up finally got, got home. Like it was it was supper time when I got home, but I had to turn right around and go back to Chicago, which wasn't a whole lot of fun. So I went back to Chicago, and uh, I was there all day. I had to put in the whole day there until well, well, I, was, I left there about three o'clock. And uh, of course, by the time I get out of there, it's with traffic and everything. It was. Almost six. It was five thirty, I think, when I when I pulled in the house here, and we went. I, I, you know, by the time we feed all the animals. Oh, by the way, the the animals outnumber us here at, at this house. We have uh, by a factor of two. So we had. Um, we ended up going out to eat. Went. To, I went to Olive Garden, just you know, someplace quick and easy. Know what they, we know what they got. And I ended up with uh, their raspberry. It's it's peach raspberry Bellini tea, which I think is just Nestle tea. I, I'm not sure what it is, but it's it's. They used to have actual peach Bellini tea there, and it was good. They actually put peaches in your glass. It was a big deal. I went there just because of that, and then I would eat the peaches when I got my tea drink. I, that was good. That was back when Olive Garden was good. Olive Garden now is just, it's okay. I'll put up with it. I'll go there once in a while. It used to be my go-to place for a long time. Of course, and I mean, that was before Texas Roadhouse moved into town. There's a lot of other companies. Texas Roadhouse, I got to tell you, most of the places I go, Texas Roadhouse, um, around the country, is always busy. It is almost always busy. I mean, it's, it's not... Not as busy sometimes as much as, as others, but it, it is, especially on the weekends, it is a busy place. And a lot of times there's an hour wait. Um, they have really done some things right there. And, and it's, it's just you know, the business model's paying off. Now, some are better than others. Like, there's just like any other chain restaurant like that. And one place that I think is probably the, has a little bit better standards with regard to service and, and quality is Longhorn Steakhouse. Mostly better. Um, I have run into a few Longhorn Steakhouses in the country that have not been up to their quality standards, I don't think. But I, it's, most of them are pretty good. Anyway, so, that's, so I've got this backup cup of tea, peach bellini tea. And I also have, I still have some, some tea uh, from homemade, some homemade sweet tea as well. And uh, I have a little bit of, uh, I've, I've got one cup up in the refrigerator that actually has about, it's about half Chick-fil-A sweet tea and my homemade, homemade sweet tea, which I'm going to have to, I'll be uh, sipping that all day long, probably today, just to savor it. Oh, I got a few days off. Um, Monday morning, very unlikely there will be a show. It's, I mean, it's, it's a, kind of a 50-50 shot right now. There's, there's a possibility I will have to head off to Chicago at some point. On Monday, the question is when. And so the the thing is uh, whether or not I will be able to have a show Monday morning, have time to have a show Monday morning or not. But today's today's show was I had planned on having today's show live. I just decided to do, just do an early show, get it done. Uh, normally, I like to do my live shows at nine nine thirty, something somewhere around there, if I can, if I can get it between nine and start them between nine and ten. Um, However, uh, I'm starting to think differently about some of that. I need to look at some statistics and see what the actual, I, I believe it might actually be a better opportunity for me to start it uh, just before eight o'clock. That seems to be a better time to do a, uh, to do a live show. 
And so today I was just going to try to see if I could pull off just actually recording a show before eight o'clock. And it was able to, I was able to work it out. Got all the tours done, got everything done. And uh, everybody settled down. Dogs have all done their things. Cats have all been petted. <sighs> petted, is that a word? Had their pets. And, uh, and here I am sitting here doing the show. So it's, it's possible to do a live show at 8 o'clock. Now, sometimes I want to have a little more material lined up to do live shows. But really, it's just the same show. It's just, I have to have all my ducks in a row, make sure nobody's going to bother me for an hour. Yeah, so regardless of all that, um, we're, we're rolling into the new, new year here. And of course, things are rapidly turning focus back to Gaza, Ukraine somewhat. Uh, the primaries, the political landscape ahead of us, crime rates, the border issues, uh, the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden stuff will start ramping up again. And of course, the Trump litigation and all the things going on there. Um, speaking of the border, let's just, let's just hit on that real quick. Uh, there's some reports coming out uh, yesterday and today. This has been out for a while. I've, I've been watching this uh, trend and been, I, this has been a concern of mine for a while. And actually, actually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive a little deeper into this. I was questioning whether I should go, go down this route because it sounds like it's a, oh, you're, you're a tinfoil hat guy. Well, maybe I am, but I, this is a very, I want to present to you a plausible possibility. And this gets pretty deep and rather somewhat frightening at the same time, um, a little bit disconcerting. It, it's a little bit, I guess, whatever, where this thing could go. It has been estimated that there's about 4,200 known Chinese nationals that have come across our border. Now, there are a lot of gotaways. There are ways of getting into the country. The, the, the cartels know exactly how to get you across the border. What they'll do is they'll start a squirmish somewhere, and then, the, and of course, the border agents are all there, and then they'll, they'll rush somebody across the border somewhere else, and they, they get away because there's, no, there's not enough manpower. They know how to do this stuff. And there's, and there's still tunnels. They, they catch tunnels once in a while, but how long were those tunnels in place before the tunnels were caught? And so there's, there's got to be tunnels existing right now that people are just pouring through that we don't even know about or that we supposedly don't know about. Why, why bother with the tunnel when you just walk across right now? Just, just all you got is put your foot on the ground and get asylum. And, oh, yeah, your court case is in uh, 2035. about 15 years from now, 12 years from now. Come back and see us then. By the way, uh, don't forget to vote Democrat. So we have um, all this stuff going on across the border. Uh, I, think, I think December was the largest ever. Over 300,000 people came across the border in December alone. 10,000 a day. One of the highest days, I think it was 12, over 12,000. Is, is there any fence there at all? Is there any gate? Is there, how, do, how do you process that many people? How do you process that many people coming across our border? 12,000 people in one day. How, you know, how many people does a typical stadium hold? How much manpower, security, and everything else that has to happen to get those people funneled into a, a typical, I think what is the last one I was at, I think it held, held 18,000 people. It was an outdoor stadium. It was an 18,000 seat capacity. It took most of the day just to get everybody in there. And this was like multiple entrances, all kinds of, and that was just taking tickets. You don't have to ask them anything about their background or check them for COVID or diseases or anything else. Yeah. Here's a stamp for you. Here's, here's a little card. 
Call us back in 10 years when we don't have a country anymore. So here's what I believe is happening or what potentially could happen. Now, of course, there are nefarious actors out there that like China and Russia and Iran and all these other countries who would like to see the end of America, death to America. There are plenty of them out there. We have plenty of enemies. They're coming across our border. Well, are they people who are seeking asylum from their oppressors? Uh, maybe one or two. I don't know. There may be a few. They're coming from every nation, folks. They're not just coming from, they're not just Mexicans. They're not just, they're not just South Americans. They are coming from every nation on the planet. Here's a scenario for you. What, what if there are, how many, how many military people are in the, well, let's look at the, the Russian military. Let's just look, let's look up some actual statistics here. Um, number of people in the, in the Russian military. Here we go. Number of people in the Russian military. Oh, here we go. This, uh, this might have a bunch of other countries in it as well. So we have a um, uh, tooth-to-tail ratio. What's that? Active military. Afghanistan has 250,000 active military, supposedly. That's, that's mostly Taliban. Albania, 8,000. Algeria, 130,000. Angola, 107,000. Antigua, this is all in alphabetical order, obviously, which I wish it wasn't. Uh, how can we change this? No, it's not what I wanted to do. All it does is changes the, yeah, can't, I can't change that in any way. Um, oh, they have more, they also have uh, reserve and paramilitary stuff here going on as well. Um, let's look at um, Australia. Australia has 58,000, 30,000 in reserves and none in paramilitary. So that, that's Australia, 58,600. Um, Russia, let's go down here to Russia real quick. P Russia, Russia, 1, 144,000, uh, 2, 2 million in reserves and half a million in paramilitary, which is, that's mostly the Wagner group. Um, and then what is this other thing on the end there? It says, uh, 300 something. It's a total. That's a total. Okay. They're per capita. Per capita numbers are probably pretty important to know, but it's, it's, um, so in, in Russia, the per capita number is 26 to one or 26.1. And what's this last number per 1000 capita per 1000 capita active total. I see. All right, whatever. So, um, United Arab Emirates, Emirates has 63,000, 130,000 in reserve. Uh, United States has 1,328,000, 7,444. Now, uh, keep in mind that, you know, sm small countries like Yemen and Z Zambia, uh, Zimbabwe, they're in the, you know, 20 to 40,000 range in terms of, we're talking entire military for the country, the entire military. We have had 300,000 people come across our border in one month. 300,000 people. You're hard pressed to find a military. Well, South Korea has 600,000. You're hard, you're hard to find, it's hard to find a military that large in any country. I mean, the vast majority of countries have Probably only 20% of the countries out there have a, I'm looking at this, it looks like less than 10%. I would say 10% of the militaries out there have a, have an, a armed forces less than 300,000 people. Now, is everybody coming across our border militants? No, probably not. How many of them are? 10%? Every month for a year or two. 
And how many is that? Well, if 10% of them have ill intent towards our country, you're looking at 100,000 people who have come across their border in the last year, over 100,000, 120,000, who've come across our border. From the inside out, Oh, well, they, they're going to take on the military? No, actually, no. This is, where, this is where it gets messy, folks. This is where it gets really messy. You know, when, it, when Joe Biden gets up there and says, well, what are you going to get your AFK-47? You're going to take on the U.S.? You better have an F-16. No. Well, you know, if I could, if, it, if I could afford one, I would have one. And it wouldn't just be for me to protect myself. It wouldn't be for me just to protect my property here. It'd be for me to protect my community and the way and protect the Constitution. It would be in defense of everything I believe in for this country and for every, for every person in this country who is like-minded. I don't care about the color of your skin. I would fight for your freedom. Because I believe in that. I believe, I believe that everybody has, should have that. I just, it's, it's just a God-given right. However, for Joe Biden to make that statement tells you exactly where his brain is. We need a leader who stands up there and says, by golly, you're right, man. If this country ever starts to crack down on you, I'll give you, I'll make sure the government provides you with an AK-47 so you can protect yourself from this government. Even if I was the president, I'd be saying that. Absolutely. Keep us in check, please. No. All he says is, he, he, the answer that a jackbooted thug would give you we will crack down on you. You better have an F-16 because we're going to bomb you. We're going to shoot you with our F-16. That's, this is not exactly a de-escalation statement that he made there. Oh, you're going to come at us with your K-47? We're going to come right back with your F-16. Um, excuse me, Joe. That's, those are threatening words. That, that is, those, are, those are fighting words right there. Apparently, you don't understand the whole purpose of the Patriot Movement. People think the Patriot Movement is a white supremacy movement. Nikki Haley was recently asked about the, the reason for the Civil War. What was the cause of the Civil War? Well, the basic answer that all the grade school kids get these days is slavery. It's all about slavery. She started off on the right foot with this answer because what she said was all, all those things were true. And the, the Civil War did not actually start because of slavery. It, it, was not, it was not started because of slavery. It was started because of economic reasons and the geopolitical issue that was going on down between the two countries, between the two parts of the nation. The South was mostly agricultural and the North was mostly industrial. There were very vast differences between the economic status between the two sections of our country. And economically, there was this huge difference in the way we, we did business and the way, the way what we were trying to accomplish. Slavery became a major issue in the Civil War. It was not the only issue. And Abraham Lincoln even lamented it in some of his writings that he, that, that he had to make it an issue. But he realized that that had to be the polarizing issue. So that's what, that's what it became. Well, she didn't give that answer. She, she gave some kind of weird, stupid answer. Never mentioned slavery. And then, of course, this guy who was probably a plant from the left, which is fine. I, I don't care. I don't care. I want you to be able to answer those kinds of questions. You, 
Vivek Ramaswamy would not have backed down on that issue. He wouldn't care. He'll step into a room of vipers. He'll, he'll step right into the lion's den and answer. He'll step right in to talk to people in the Democrat Party. Well, it was a Democrat plan. So, can't handle yourself with a Democrat? How are you going to understand yourself with a Russian? How are you going to understand your, handle yourself with a, with a Chinese person? China, with China, CCP? How are you going to do that? How you can, can't handle a Democrat? And they're easy. Because they're just insane. So the border, here's my theory. I'll be talking about Nikki Haley in just a little bit. The border, here's my theory. The administrative state, or sometimes otherwise called the deep state, I, I think I'm going to start calling it the administrative state because it's, it's, it sounds a little bit less like a tinfoil hat guy, like a QAnon. It, it sounds more like you understand what's going on here. There's an administration that never leaves power. So it's always there, regardless of who's in office, they're always there. And they take care of their own. They protect themselves. The president's going to appoint a new director of the FBI. So he looks at the FBI and says, who do you, who do you recommend I appoint? Which one do you guys want to be? Oh, well, let's put this guy in now. Okay. I'll appoint you. You're not my new director of the FBI. Try putting a, a non-insider, uh, somebody who's not been... Try, try, try putting somebody like... Uh, who was the guy who took over the NRA? Or the NRA? NRA? Or the uh, National Intelligence Agency. Uh, whatever his name was. He put him in over the NIA. You know, I was just thinking about this some more. There, there's a, there is a, a government agency called the OSI. It's the uh, oper- what is it? Operational Service or something. Uh, it's much like the CIA, but it's a very much more of a covert, um, very little known, very powerful group of little individuals, little administrators um, within the, the government agencies. If you don't, there's a, there was a show back in the day Lee Majors starred as the $6 million man, Steve Austin. Um, if you're my age, you remember that show. You probably watched it all the time. Maybe, I don't know. It was, it was a pretty cool show, really, at the time. It's, it's day. Of course, then we had to have the $6 million woman and then the $6 million dog. I don't know. Whatever it was. I think it was the $8, $8 million. Was she $8 million? Was she $7 million? Was it six million? Yeah. So no, she was she was eight million. Oh, she was even worth more. Yeah, that yeah, that just turned into one thing after another. Anyway, anyway. So Steve Austin. He was um <laughs> he he actually worked for the OSI. The OSI is the one that that took care of him, that paid for all this stuff for didn't for him to be to be the super strong guy. A bionic arm, two bionic legs. Um, by the way, he didn't have a bionic spine. You know, he was he was able to somehow lift all this stuff, and his back never went out. I don't know how that works. I don't know if they had any kind of reinforcement there. I don't remember that being part of the show, but I mean, he had just lifted him with his legs. He's really good at lifting with his legs. So anyway, we uh, All these, I don't know why that I just thought about that. That they're, they're actually the OSI is actually a actual thing, and it, it was. I just happened to remember that that was part of the Steve Austin program. I think mentioned the OSI a few times, but nobody ever thought of. I think everybody just thought that was just a phony little fake little thing they mentioned. They, you know, no, there actually is an OSI. So anyway, all these uh, alphabet soup organizations out there, the, the administrative state behind the, the scenes. I think their plan B. Or maybe it's plan A. If they can't keep Trump from getting into office, think about how many people are pouring across that border for the last four years by the time Trump gets into office. The chaos, the mess that we have created under this administration. The next guy stepping in. I mean, Trump stepping in has a bigger mess to fix this time than he did the first time huge mess, in my opinion. Biden keeps coming out and saying, oh, we created 14 million jobs. We created 14 million jobs. You know, just 14 million jobs we created. No, 
bringing people back, laying people off and then letting them come back is not creating jobs. And the government never created a job in its life unless it was a government job. And then in that, in that case, it wasn't even really a job. It was just, it wasn't even a job they created. Actually, it's a job people created. But it, it, it's, it's, I digress. So we have um, a situation where we've got basically, who knows how many cells of militant combatants here in this country right now. Military age men. And if you do any study on history of governments being overthrown, it does not take much. Look into the history of how Cuba fell, or Cuba, however you want to. Che Guevara, I think, had about, he had less than 15 people when they went into Cuba. And in less than a year, Cuba had fallen. They tried to do the same thing in Bolivia. At the time, the Bolivians had a very strong governmental system where people owned their land and they were sovereign on their land. They were, that, that was much more sovereign even than the United States was at that time. The government couldn't even tax you for your land. There was no property tax. Bolivia's not that way anymore. Bolivia has fallen, by the way. But, but it's, it's, uh, Bolivia was very, very strong. Well, they, they went into Bolivia. They were going to do the same thing in Bolivia. And they went there and they sent a team there to do the same thing. And they, they couldn't make any, they couldn't talk anybody into anything there because people, they were like, you go away. We're crazy. Kind of like the way things are here. It was not that way. They, they, and they play on the weak. They play on the impoverished. Those who feel like somebody owes them something, the entitlement mentality. Divided people up into little groups so their numbers would improve. They were like, wait, wait socialism's where it's at. Communism, we gotta go. Communism's the, the answer. You'll have free stuff. Government should be providing you with all this. Look at all them when all their richness, they're making their money off of you. They're taking from your pie. That's, that's, that was the whole thing in a, in a nutshell as to what he, what he kept saying. Because you can't go out and bake your own pie. You have to, you know, there's just a, I guess I, I have always had that opposite mentality and that whole thing. I've, folks, if I told you how many businesses I have tried to start or any, how many business ideas I've had and, or things I've tinkered with, you would you would tell, you'd probably say that's impossible. Nobody has ever had that many business ideas or tried to start that many businesses or started that many businesses even. I, I started, I, for my first business, I started at 19. I was 19 years old. Actually, actually, I was just turning 19. I think I was actually 18 when I started the business, when I actually filed the paperwork at the county courthouse. Back then, I thought you had to do all this business license stuff and all that. You don't have to do that. There's, way, there's a way, ways around all that stuff. Unless you got to, well, even, even in the city, you don't have to do that. It's all a bunch of bunk. But anyway, the, the, um, the only reason you have to do that stuff is for, because if you, get, if you take out a loan, it, once, once you start getting into the banking system, they start controlling things that you're doing, then, then, it's, then it becomes a ridiculous mess, a hot mess. The more involved you get in that kind of thing, then the more control they have over you, and it's just ridiculous. Insurance companies, bureaucracies. Stay away from that stuff if you possibly can. Anyway, just saying. Um, from my vast experience of starting businesses. So the, the uh, at some point, you, you know, you, you figure it out and you get, you know, an MBA. I, I see all kinds of kids with MBAs, by the way. I'm never really getting off the track here, but I see all, I saw all these kids with MBAs or whatever they got. Nothing wrong with getting an MBA. Not, nothing wrong with it at all. The problem is what they pump you up with as you're going through it or what, what some people have ex as expectations as they're getting their MBA, what they think they're going to be. They're going to they're be a businessman. Well, what is a businessman or a woman, person, whatever? Some people think that a business person or an entrepreneur is somebody who starts a, a Burger King. No, that's, that's a turnkey business that you purchased a, from a franchise. 
you're not really an entrepreneur. You're, you're, you're running a business. And you understand business principles to some degree, and you, you have to understand you know, how business works. But they pretty much handle everything for you. They've got everything spelled out. This is exactly the way you do everything. It's all your, you really you could do it without an MBA. It's nice to understand some things, but yeah. It's a cookie-cutter thing. You're, and, I, and I've known some people who've taken over existing businesses or bought existing businesses, and they'll claim that they're an entrepreneur. Not that's not the okay to some degree. I've got there's some some entrepreneurship there. That's not entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is let's start from scratch. Let's have an idea. Let's invent something, create it, figure out a way to manufacture it, take it to market, sell it, and make it successful. That is an entrepreneur. That is almost 100% where it's at. Or you have a service. Look at this, this new service. I've, just, I've figured out people need this. I'm going to figure out a way to market this, bring it to the people, and provide this service to our community. Something that maybe nobody else has ever done. Or nobody else has thought of, or whatever it is. That's, that's pure entrepreneurship. Not just coming up with the idea, not just investing in somebody else's idea, but actually being the one who puts the sweat equity into it and the money and the time and the, and the risk factor that's involved in it. That is the kind of passion an entrepreneur has. And that's, those are the kind of people I don't mind investing in, as long as their idea is good. As long as, so, as long as I agree with their idea and I think they've got the potential to make it happen. It's, it's, you know, I'm throwing money at that. I'm, I'm with you. I don't care if you lose it. I just, I want to see that. I want to see you try that. But anyway, so getting back to this border thing. I think maybe some of you are already ahead of me on this. You probably see where I'm going with this. Where does this go? Where does this lead? Where, where do we end up with this? If we're bringing or allowing these people to come across the border, think about the way the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the OSI, all these, all these agencies, think about the way they operate. They've got all, the FBI has become an intelligence organization. They, they, they harbor, curate all this dirt on all, their, all these people. All the politicians that are out there, the one of the reasons they don't go after the FBI, politicians don't go after them, is because the FBI probably has paid a little visit to them. Remember why they, they went and paid a little visit? We're going to send some guys over. We're just going to send some guys over. Talk to Michael Lynch. See how that works out. We're just going to go over there and talk to him. Oh, it's not, it's not an investment. No, you don't have to have your lawyers there. We're just going to go over and talk to you. Well, remember that time that James Comey had a little private talk with Donald Trump in the White House. And he told him about the dossier. This is the kind of stuff that's out there. Just want to let you know. It was a shakedown, folks. I, and I'm surprised nobody has called it that. They were trying to shake down Michael Lynch. Is that his name? Michael Lynch? I think it's Michael, I think it's Michael Lynch. And they, did, they ended up doing it. They ended up boxing the guy in, trapped him, entrapped him into supposedly lying to, to, to the feds. Oh my goodness, don't lie to the feds, Hillary Clinton. You'll be in, you'll be in jail. The way James Comey handled Hillary Clinton, in my opinion, should have excused about 90% of the people that are in our, our federal prisons right now. Well, you know, she didn't have any, she did all these crimes, but she didn't have any intent. And she did lie about it, but she, you know, she just didn't, she didn't intend to lie about it. She didn't, she didn't intend to put all this stuff on her server for nefarious reasons. She had multiple devices, but we don't, we don't think she intended to do anything wrong. 
Oh, well, okay. Oh, well, then excuse Yeah, Let her be president then. Oh, just walk right on in the White House then. You just need, you, you deserve to take over the country. Oh, Michael Lynch, you know, you're going to jail. Because you may have, you know, misled federal officers. Yeah, whatever. It's not a two-tier system. It's just a, an adjustable system. It's, it's got all, it's, to say that it has tiers, there's no tiers. It's just, it's just a slippery slope. So we have this issue with all these people coming across the border. So they have a president now that comes in who's not on the inside. Now, he's claiming he's going to deport every single one of these people. And I think you have to. Good luck finding them now. Because I bet they'll even destroy the records of these people. Once You, you won't find these people. You, you might find some of them. Unfortunately, probably the innocent ones are the ones you're going to find. The, the ones who are actually hate our, hate our country and our militants. They, you won't find those. By design, in my opinion, this particular corrupt agencies that we have right now know exactly what's going on. This is the way they do it in other countries. This is the way the CIA messes with other countries to, to overthrow governments. Iran right now has practically taken over Iraq. They have strongholds in some areas. In fact, I just heard they were, they were bombing, they were shooting missiles or kind of dumping on some, some place in, in Iraq right now where it's, where it's in Iran-friendly territory. The Iranians have taken over. There's a lot more going on right now. There's, there's a lot more missiles being fired right now. A lot, lot more things happening than we're being told. We have, we, I don't know if anybody has realized, we, we sunk a couple of Iranian ships. This stuff is going on and we're not being told, and in my opinion, it's all by design because they, if, if, if they have their way, remember, remember what... Millie said about Trump, oh, he's, he's trying to get us into a war with Iran, you know, between the, between the election and, and, his, and the inauguration. He, was, he thought if we got into a war with Iran, that he, that we wouldn't, he wouldn't, he'd be able to stay in power. All, all this stuff was to stay in power. The insurrection, the insurrection, the insurrection, the insurrection. All we're hearing about now is the insurrection, and, and Trump was, you know, led an insurrection, led, led an insurrection. And it's, it's more and more intense. And they just keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And now people are starting to say, yeah, okay, well, it was an insurrection. No, it was not an insurrection. It was not an armed insurrection, unless you call water bottles insurrection or, you know, ammunition. It was not an attempt to overthrow the government or undermine our elections. A third of the people polled right now, of a cross-section across the board, a third of the people in this country believe Joe Biden was an illegitimately elected president. And if they knew all the truth, they'd probably, that would be probably well above that. It's amazing to me. I, I, uh, Paul Bed, Bed, David, um, PBD, he, he's, he's got a YouTube channel. He's got a podcast, but he's got a YouTube channel called uh, Valuetainment. Really good guy. I mean, he's real, I, mean I, I don't know what kind of guy he is, but he's a really good show. He gets all kinds of people on there. And what, a couple of the regulars that he has on there, the one guy is more of a, I would say, left-leaning. He's, he's more of a left a leftist, liber, uh, probably libertarian leftist. Just uninformed guy. He does, doesn't like Trump. Not a Trump supporter. Does, he's got some, some, once in a while it comes some good points. But even then, it's like, you know, he's, he's basing his points and, he's, and you know where, what direction he's going with it. And it's just, it's, it's just, I, he just makes me sick to my stomach. It, they were saying, they were shooting out some facts the other day and he, he, had, he, he was totally clueless. He had no idea. Oh, I didn't know Trump said that. I didn't know this happened. Are you kidding me? So you, you really, you had no idea that Trump said this or did this or did, did that or this happened under the Trump administration. So it just amazes me this guy's so uninformed. And he's so passionate about his opinions and they're based on nothing. They're based on MSNBC talking points. Blows my mind. So... All these people, people coming across the border. And the next administration is going to have a major problem. Now, I think they're going to use any kind of 
unrest. They, they want to create a civil war is what they want to create here in the country. And of course, if you try to defend yourself against any of these people, you're going to be considered to be, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a race war, an ethnos war, if you want to call it that, an ethnic war of some sort. By the way, there's only one race, there's different ethnic groups. We only have one race, this human race. Let's get over that part of it right, right now. Ethnic group will rise up against ethnic group. It's scriptural. Nation will rise against nation. It's the word there is ethnos. And why do you think they're rising up against each other? Well, it's because the political powers that be, much like what happened to Jesus on the cross when he was, cruci- when he was convicted of blasphemy, he was condemned to the cross. It was the political leaders of the time in the religious community that caused the whole thing to happen. Riled up the people, got them to choose Barabbas. Because he was the patriot. Oh, yeah. So, yes, I, I, um, I think there's something afoot with all this stuff that's going on. Why are they, why are they allowing all these people to come in? It's, it's more than just a voter class. It is more than that. It is much more than that. In my opinion. It's just my opinion. I don't have any proof of any of this. It's just my... I'm looking... Knowing how these people operate. Knowing that they could be stopping it. They're not. Why are they not? Of course, now it's becoming a big issue here in the, the, the year of the election. Oh, we're going to... Well, look at the border, Mayorkas. Oh, this isn't the pro- Mayorkas. I should be playing this. I should be playing the video or the, the audio from this guy. Oh, it's, yeah, this is not just happening in America. This is happening all over the world. All of my counterparts all over for, in, in Europe and everywhere else. The migration right now is, it's, it's happening everywhere because of what, guess what it is, the C word, climate change. It's called because of climate change. People are, that's why these people are migrating. And poverty. Well, I'm sorry, but that doesn't mean we can't protect our border. So what if it's climate change? It's what's what does climate change have to do with our border being dropped? Just just the climate. If it's if the if it rains, if the temperatures, if the temperature of the earth goes down, does our border suddenly become more secure? I, I don't get it. Is our border wall made out of ice? It's melting? I, I don't know. No. It was protected just as much four years ago. Climate change hasn't changed that much in four, the last four years. Now, I don't know if you, know, if you noticed, they're, they're going to continue to, and this is because, because of there's so much reporting around the world and so many cameras everywhere. You're going to keep hearing, they're going to make big deals that somebody has a flood. There's a little, little town in Europe that has a flood. Oh, there's water rushing through the street in this one little area. And it's two blocks big. Makes international news because we have to report on every single little flood, every little rainstorm, every snowstorm, every, every time a weather event affects somebody. Oh, tree fell down in, in Millersburg. And people had to drive around the block to get around the tree. That's, well, they're hearing about it in Europe. My goodness, the windstorms are getting worse. The rain is getting worse. The weather events are getting worse. Well, they're just reporting on them all the time now. Belgium, I think they had a tornado that hit somebody's stable, and it's, it's all over the news, all over YouTube. So one building got torn apart. I don't, I don't know if anything else has happened. That's all I've seen. That's, that's, that's all I've seen in the news is one building being flown, blown apart by this tornado. Oh my goodness, tornado. I live in the Midwest, folks. Sorry, you're, you're not impressing me with that. Stuff happens. So, on, onward and upward. Let's talk about, I've talked enough about all this stuff. Let's get into the Nikki Haley thing. Nikki Haley, was it Maine? I think it was Maine. I, I'm, I'm, I can't. For some reason, I keep wanting to think it was Maine. 
the poll that was going on there for the primary. Then they're making this big deal. And, and you have to be kind of careful because they're, the way they're announcing this, it sounds like it's a national poll. It's a poll in one state for one primary. President Trump, I think, is at 44%. Nikki Haley's at 30%. A nice even number. Chris Christie is at 12 or 13%. Vivek Ramaswamy, 5%. And there's somebody else. Who was, who was the other person? Oh, that was DeSantis. He was in there at like 7% or 5% or whatever it was. Really? Oh, they're make, they're making it sound like well, oh, she's doubled her lead. She's 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 went from fifteen percent to thirty percent, and just and just now she's they're talking about it like it's a national poll. They keep failing to mention that this is just a poll in one state. It's a small state, and it's a northeastern state, which you know, uh, red state, uh, not so much. And some of these places have open polls, have open primaries. In other words, a Democrat can go to the Republican primary and vote for a candidate, which I, I just think this is just wrong. You're not a part of the Republican Party. The, the primary is supposed to be a party putting up its candidate, not somebody, somebody else coming in and voting for you. It seems ridiculous to me. Open primaries. What is wrong with these people? So Democrats can come over and decide what the candidate is that they're going to that their candidate's going to run against. So these, all these Democrats come over and they vote in the in the Republican primary, and they'll vote in Nikki Haley. So who are they? Who are they? First of all, it, it was some college that did this this poll. Nikki Haley's doubled her support; she's now at thirty percent. If she doubles it again, she'll be over Trump. Well, uh, Trump, it, yeah, she has to be because she, she doubles it again. She's Trump's at 44%. He's not going to be at 44% if she's at 60 because there's not that many people there. You can't have over 100%, folks, which means everybody else has to be gone or everybody else has to be, you know, splitting up the 40% stuff. But how in the world, how in the world does Chris, the, the reason I have a really hard time with this poll is how in the world does Chris Christie come out with 12%? How does he come out without 1%? I just, it amazes me that he's still in this race at all. And how Vivek Ramaswamy is not trouncing on Nikki Haley right now. It is because the establishment is very strong. And they have ways of rigging this stuff. I guarantee you they're behind the scenes pouring money and, and resources behind these polls to make things look good for them. To get donations. Nikki Haley recently made a comment, and Tucker Carlson just made fun of her, that Russia was behind the October 7th attack on Israel because that was his birthday. It was Putin's birthday on October 7th, and therefore he was real happy about it. This lady wants to be president. She goes on to explain more details about some things that happened after this. And it was as I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why are you, why are you even, why does anybody even take you seriously? Now, there are people who want to see her. And now, there are people who know she's not really a Republican. There are people actually who are Democrats who will vote for her or liberals in the radical sense of the word who will vote for her just because she's a woman one because she's a woman and two because she speaks all the stuff that the democrats want she's not hard she's not very um what's the word she doesn't take a hard line on, on abortion she, she she minces words on that one whenever you ask her serious questions about the, stuff like that and she's not, she's totally in bed with the industrial military complex, military industrial complex. She wants war with Iran. She wants, you know, she's, she, her and, now, mark my word, if, if for some reason 
Nikki Haley becomes the nominee. I have an opinion about who she will pick for her running mate. Not sure I want to talk about that. It's not going to be Chris Christie. It's not going to be any of the nominees up there on the board right now. Just put it that way. If she picks Mike Pompeo as her running mate, we are done for as a country. The establishment has won and probably won forever. Unless we take drastic measures. Really revamp the, the, the whole GOP. Because Mike Pompeo is as deep, deep administrative state as you can get. Keep in mind, Mike, Mike Pompeo was going to run for president. He announced overseas. Oh, that was, no, that was, I'm sorry, that was Bolton. John Bolton, overseas, announced he was going to run for president, talking to some commentator over there. Mike Pompeo basically has stepped in, you know, because he's got a, he's the only one who can, and he says all exactly the right things that you want to hear a conservative say. And you can tell when he's saying them, he doesn't believe them. He's just saying them because that's what he's got to say. He knows that's what he's got to say. Let's say all these things. It's going to draw all the people away from Trump. He doesn't believe a thing he's saying. And I'm convinced that even George W. Bush fell in line with that whole philosophy, that whole ideology. I don't, I don't think he believed half the stuff he said that made him come across as some Bible-believing, conservative, Christian, Republican. Just don't think it was, uh, I think he was a phony. I, I, and he fooled me. I thought when, you know, we voted him in, I was, I was all about Bush. I thought he was a good guy. And then uh, Ron Paul came along, kind of started explaining some things. And then I started questioning some things. As soon as you start questioning things, that's when the old thread starts to unravel. You start realizing that behind the scenes, there's, things are just not as they seem. And, uh, yeah, that's not, what, that's not what they want you to do. They don't want you to question anything. Oh, just trust in our GOP. Our GOP's got it all nailed down. We're all, you know, we're, we're all just in this together. Got it all figured out. Well, folks, it is Friday. It's the beginning of the, of the month, beginning of the year, beginning of, uh, end of the week. It is the end of something, at least. I predict that over the next week, uh, we're going to find out some more things. I didn't talk much about the, the Trump uh, litigation the stuff that's going on. He, the, uh, Donald has, Trump has won a few uh, major things going on here with uh, like Colorado and some of the other places that are, that are trying to get him off the ballot. There's, there's some major pushback on some of this stuff. If the Supreme Court decides to take some of these cases up, which I don't know, I, I can't, I'm not trusting John Roberts at all. I don't trust him. He may just push back on it and say, well, that's, we're not going to get involved. In elections, state elections. I, I can see him doing that. He, he also could just say, well, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, you got the right to do whatever you want to in your own state. That's how he's going to try to push this rule. Really. Uh, he's not a Trump lover. And I, 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 don't, I think he hates Trump more than he loves the Constitution, in my opinion, to put it bluntly. So we'll see what happens here. I don't, I don't know. Um, if he sticks to what he said back in 2010 with his opinion on, on the 14th Amendment, Article 4 and 5 and 3. If he, if he does stick to that as a precedent, then, yeah, then he, it's, it's a done deal. It, it, Trump's, Trump's clear, free and clear on this whole thing. Now, uh, former Attorney General under, under Ronald Reagan, Ed, Ed Meese, has actually filed a brief against Jack Smith even being legal as a special counsel. This whole thing could fall apart instantly and he would be gone. The whole thing hinges on Jack Smith being legal, legal counsel. He can't be replaced. I mean, if they can't just, if they get rid of him, it doesn't, it's not, most cases, if a state brings a case and they have a prosecutor, if the prosecutor is fired or something happens, then they die, whatever, it doesn't, the case isn't over. The case doesn't go away. 
case is still there. They just replace the prosecutor. He's just filling a position. In the case of a special counsel, he carries the weight of that entire thing. It goes away if the special counsel goes away. There's nobody to fill that in. They can pick it back up again and they can appoint another special counsel, but they have to start all over again. That's, that's the little known thing. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a financial counselor. I'm not a geopolitical geologist. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, yeah. So all that stuff. Folks, it has been wonderful to be back on the podcast here, back on behind the microphone. I don't know this com- upcoming week, um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'm definitely working. I just don't know what I'm doing, which I don't know what I'm doing anyway. I don't know. I, don't, I shouldn't even be here. So, so I have a Thursday and Friday next week are definitely open um, as far as my time slot goes. There will be a show, Lord willing, on Thursday and Friday. Um, there may be a show on, on Monday. So Tuesday and Wednesday are iffy. Most iffy ones. Monday's a little iffy. Tuesday and Wednesday are really iffy. Everything's iffy. The weekend's not. Have a great weekend, folks. Shabbat shalom. God bless. And have a great new year full of all of God's blessings and peace. Peace.